0: Welcome to the
1: Illuminating
0: Mycelium
1: Podcast, the podcast for everyday people by everyday people.
2: I'm your host, Project Dave, and I'm back at it again to continue highlighting and amplifying the lives, ventures, and endeavors of everyday people, just like you and me, and learning from them along the way. When talking about everyday people and their stories, We can't help but talk about all their hard work, so grab a cup of coffee. I often think about what fuels a lot of these everyday folks, as well as what sustains me personally. Coffee certainly helps, but it can't just be any coffee. It's gotta be coffee made by everyday people, for everyday people. The kind that when you brew it in a pot, it kind of just draws everyone to the kitchen and they're sniffing that aroma. Our beans are sourced from small businesses in the heart of the Appalachia. My personal favorite, the Route 39 blend from Lexington Roasters, is a Forbes top-ranked coffee. You can also check the notes on each blend to determine flavor profiles, shipping, and more. Beans are roasted on a weekly basis to ensure freshness. So if you're looking for some extra fuel to aid you and your everyday lives, ventures, and endeavors, go to thegrindbluefield.com. Backslash shop dash coffee dash roast or click the link in the description to pick out your next coffee beans and brew a pot of happiness. The grind never stops.
0: How are you guys doing today? Oh good. <laughs> it's our rest day, so we're really good.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad I caught you on a good time.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is perfect.
2: All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and uh telling us more about yourselves.
1: Yeah, we're glad to to be guests on your show. It's exciting.
2: Thank you. Thank you. All right. So first question I have for you guys is in regards to your background. Zach, I don't know much about your background, but if each of you guys want to answer, that's cool. Um, where did each of you guys grow up and what was it like?
0: Sure. Uh, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, and I was there for, uh, well, most of my childhood and it was i don't know how to I, I, I guess i grew up in a very poor area so I, I didn't experience much of the city until i grew up i was uh, very much attuned to uh living in the ghetto i guess yeah so so um but i it, it, kansas city is my home and i love it and i love returning uh back to it so Awesome. And, uh, Carissa, I know you
2: grew up mostly in South Dakota, right?
1: Yeah, kind of all over the Midwest, but <laughs> mainly South Dakota is home, I would say. So, Wisconsin, Minnesota, a little bit, um, Chicago for a couple of years. But yeah, South Dakota is home for me.
2: And I'm sure you, uh, you're glad to be back living back home now. I'm sure that's nice.
1: Yes, I love it. I always say I'm the weird one that says uh, (laughs) I would love to live in South Dakota. Most people do not say that. But I think it's a great state. It's beautiful. And there are really kind people here. So I am happy to be to be back here.
2: Awesome. And how far are you from your hometown? Are you pretty close to there?
1: I am. I'm only about an hour and a half away from from there. So we don't go back too often because I don't really have any connections left there but we've gone a couple times since we've been here.
2: Gotcha all right sounds good and uh, how did you guys transition to where you are today?
0: So do you mean uh, in our positions or in this like right now in South Dakota? Oh maybe a little bit of both if that's okay. Sure so I was uh, attending medical school in Kansas City and uh, Chris and I had just met and I just felt like Um, medical school wasn't the, the thing for me, I guess. So, um, a job opened up within the Salvation Army and I took it and I didn't really look back after that. So, and then of course, uh, Chris and I kind of developed a relationship. So that's where, where that came from. Uh, And then you want to answer the other part?
1: To how we got here. Yeah. Yeah. So with the Salvation Army, um, it's very, Uh, military-like in the sense that they can kind of just up and move you whenever they want to. Um, So we ended up in South Dakota because uh, Zach had finished his um, schooling at the Salvation Army Seminary and they um, decided that Watertown, South Dakota was the place that they could use us best. And so we've been here now, we're going on our fourth year here now, and we Absolutely love it. Um, we're not ready for the next move. We don't know when that will be. Like I said, Salvation Army just um can call you at any time and say we need you in a different location. So that's how we ended up here.
2: Gotcha. Well, I hope you guys are able to stay there for a while.
1: <laughs> yes, we hope so too.
2: <laughs> All right. So last question in regards to your guys' background. I know that you guys are a very humorous and transparent couple, especially on Facebook. So can you tell us, um How does humor help you? Like, does it
0: help you cope with things in your daily life? How important is that to you guys? I think, I mean, even with like, I don't know, that's a tough one, especially in this year. But I I think like even even amidst like this pandemic, we've just learned like we have to laugh or else it's really just going to be awful and terrible and uh no fun at all i guess um so like even on the hard days when it's just like terrible no good very bad days and we're mad at each other like (laughs) like we still just have to laugh and like we have to try and make each other laugh and even when we don't want to laugh at each other uh at least uh trying to get the other to crack a smile is is good so i don't know is that chrissy yeah that's good
2: yeah yeah I feel that. I like that. All right, cool. So next set of questions I have relates to what it's like being a pastor. So can you just kind of walk us through what it's like a day in the life of being a pastor for you guys?
1: Wow, that's a good question. I
2: know it's kind of a loaded (laughs) question, but you know, I think it'd be good to hear more about that so sure
1: so especially for us it's a little different than normal pastoring um just because we also have the social services side of things as well so mainly we you know come to the office and we we don't really have a set day-to-day thing um just because things change so rapidly when you're working with a lot of people coming in and out of the office but Our day might look like picking up bread in the morning from like day old bread from a grocery store, bringing it to the church office, putting it out so that people in need can come and get it. It would look like working on business emails and phone calls, whether that be property issues or maintenance type things or sometimes it's having to clean the bathroom if we don't have someone there to help clean. It looks like working on things for Sunday morning. So we try to take Tuesday mornings to work on our sermons for Sunday or on Thursdays we work on the program outline for a Sunday morning. Um, Right now, it's a little different because we have to do recording now. So we have to set up our, our little backdrop and get the microphone set up and the lights and all of that extra things to do, as well as just checking in with church people, whether that's texting them or messaging them or calling them or sending a letter. It really is just it's Day by day,
0: literally different every day. Like we never have <laughs> the same day twice. We also run a thrift store, so yes. that's a, that takes up kind of a portion of our time. Um, and right now, of course, our day to day is um, very much attuned to like the holiday season yeah. and making sure that families get the help that they need during this season. So
2: awesome! Thank you guys for sharing that. And I know you talked. You said that you know it's been changing. A lot because of the pandemic. So, can you talk about some of like, I guess, the additional roles that you've had to take on as a pastor because of the pandemic?
0: Yeah, the, that yeah, this is. I can say for certain that we never imagined this ever, like this. I think so. Yeah, we've taken on a lot of different responsibilities in making sure that the community is taken care of. So, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when all of this kind of hit the wall. Um, We just had we kind of said, okay, what can we do as the Salvation Army? Well, we have great contacts, contacts with food distributors and we have people who are willing to give money. So we put together with some other groups kind of a community distribution for food, which included produce and meat and bread. And all they had to do was literally drive up kind of into this parking lot and we would just put it in the back of their car. For that, we also have been providing masks. So if people can't afford masks or need extra masks, then we have become a location that they can come and get them for free, no charge, so that we can kind of all combat this I don't know, coronavirus together, I guess, so. Anything else?
1: And then I know I kind of mentioned already, but another role I keep joking is I never (laughs) thought I'd be like a videographer or a graphic designer or whatever. But we really have had to try and figure out how to make our church services look nice online because you want them to be appealing enough that people want to watch them. So trying to figure out the best um, microphone to use with your phone or the best stand to use with your phone to just make sure that it looks nice and that people are able to worship from their homes. That has been a big role that we've had to take on really quickly. So, yeah.
2: Awesome. It seems like you guys are adapting pretty well, too. I know my church has had to change a lot of things, too. Like with the virtual services, they actually recently got this service where the it kind of switches out camera views which i like so kind of like focus on the pastor then it goes to the organist and it goes to the congregation so it's just kind of nice seeing you know the congregations adapt to these situations
0: you know i think that like i think it was not not that coronavirus is a, a positive thing but it certainly has made churches kind of step up their game And reach uh, the kind of people who never would step inside a church because so many people are attending online now because they don't want to go in person. And so people who never would ever think about driving to a church and sitting in a pew are now watching services online, which is cool. You know,
2: that's true. And I, I think, too, with everything going on, I think people are really craving that spiritual nourishment even more now, too. So I think that could be another factor in that too
0: yes yeah it's just like what it, it was like 9 11 uh, after 9 11 happened like the sunday after that like was one of the most well attended sundays in history for for churches and it's the same way like the virus is pushing people to seek answers from a higher power so
2: right on right on all right so as a leader of your guys congregation in the larger community do you feel obligated as pastors to speak up for forgotten people hmm
1: good question yeah that's that's um yes (laughs) the ultimate (laughs) answer is yes
2: you're listening to the
1: illuminating
2: mycelium podcast if you're enjoying the show you should come check out all of our fresh new merchandise and apparel that just dropped on our store we've got t-shirts pants sweatshirts hats phone cases water bottles coffee mugs shoot even blankies and a ton more. All made with comfy fabrics and premium materials, they feature our signature logos, catchphrases, guest picks, and come in all sizes. Now shipping nationwide right to your doorstep. Just go to illuminatingmyceliumpodcast.com or click the link in the description to pick out your next gear and become the Mycelium.
1: Especially now, I know with even just with the pandemic, but but more so with all that's been going on politically and with racism and everything that's just been hitting all at once. I would say definitely obligated, but also we're commanded, you know, from the Bible to to step up and be there for people who don't necessarily have a voice or people won't listen to their voice, is what I should say, and. I know for us, the Salvation Army has really been taking that role very seriously and making us look deeply, more deeply into that. Um, I'm part of a task force right now for South Dakota, Nebraska and Iowa to just talk about how can we better speak up for the Forgotten Ones and um, what can we, how can we, just how how we can better help them what what do they need and who are we not serving and how can we serve them better and that's that's what we should be doing all of us should be doing
2: i definitely agree with that i like that
0: yeah i think she yeah she kind of hit it on the head there um and i just think of like not not that we aren't doing it cuz we are doing it but i we see so many forgotten people come in every single day to our building to get help um, with different social services. Like I think of this man who is deaf and he can't speak. He's a mute. Um, And he see, he comes in and it's just like, it lights up my world because every time he comes in, he's the sweetest, kindest person. Or there's a, there's a little Asian woman who comes in and she can't speak very many words and she doesn't know much English. But one time we just had fresh zucchini and she got this biggest zucchini in the pile and she just was so thrilled because she's like, I'm taking this home and I'm making banana bread, you know, and like that, like that's what this is all about. It's like those people who society um, would consider on the fringes, you know, or on the, uh kind of the outside of it, but, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's worth it to me to see the smiles on their faces and to help them. Awesome. I really like that. All right. Uh so last question in
2: regards to being a pastor. And this one is a little bit different. I feel like you guys have probably never heard this question <laughs> before. So pastors as we know have a lot of stress because they take such good care of the community and their congregations. So how can communities and congregations better support pastors mm-hmm. so that they are not forgotten and they are not, you know, stressed out? Hmm,
0: that is a good question.
1: <laughs> well, just asking that question I think is a start. I think we are there's a um, expectation of us, which there should be of, of, um, you know, what we should do and whatever. But I think we have to remember that pastors are people too. You know, we, we do our best to take care of ourselves, but we also are trying to live up to these expectations of people and we're not always going to fulfill those. And just like, people aren't going to fulfill our expectations either from the other end of that. But I think just the recognition of, you know, saying, Hey, what can we do for you? What can we help with just maybe stepping up and saying, Hey, I can, I don't know, I can do, do this one task for you once a week. And that makes all the difference because it just takes a little bit of the load off of our shoulders but just asking that question, I think, is the, a great start.
0: Yeah, I, I don't even need to answer. I think she's right. The the best question to ask your pastor is, what can I help with? Um, and I don't say that for like for pity, but we do carry a heavy load. And so when things don't have people to do, we are the ones that do it. So if we don't have a janitor, we are the ones cleaning the bathroom. And it's not for us to complain about we don't complain about it we just do it um and we we're not gonna you know brag about it that we clean the bathroom or anything but um we do we when uh the job is not filled it is our job to fill that um and so that's what we do and we hope that people will come alongside us and kind of help us with those things i think so how can i help it's a good a good place to start i think
2: okay yeah, I definitely understand that. And I think one one way to kind of frame it in a good perspective is that by them helping you, they're not just helping you guys, they're helping the mission and they're helping the church as a whole. Because like you said, you guys are the ones that run the entire thing. Right. So, Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, enough about being a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Christmas coming up here. So Merry Christmas to you both. Just want to say that. How have your guys' plans changed this year with COVID for Christmas? I guess...
0: first do you want
1: we Because we are so busy during the season, we always like to take the time off after Christmas and usually we take Christmas Day for just ourselves. And right now, that means just Zach and I. In the future, it'll be children too, but we just take that day to enjoy our... And, Ruger. and Ruger, of course. <laughs> yes, he's got to have got to have Christmas too. So yeah, we just take that day for ourselves. And then usually we try to go to, for David and I, it would be our grandma and grandpa's house and see the family there. But of course, with everything going on this year and just to keep everyone safe, um, we have decided we're just going to stay home, which is really sad to think about, especially I know for you, David too, we know that our grandparents are getting older and oh no he said mm-hmm. enough about being pastors
2: oh. oh that's fine i don't really mind <laughs>
1: and um <laughs> so you know it's hard to think about not being able to go go home so sorry zach was saying i think he meant for work but i thought you were talking about.
2: <laughs>
0: either way sorry either way is right, fine as that, that like what what <laughs> what, did we, what are we doing is uh oh so now the Army?
1: see this is how perspectives are you can <laughs> see from different angles <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. We'll
1: talk about
0: that then. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, for what was the question? Sorry, I didn't remember. Now, <laughs> how have you guys' oh, plans
2: changed sure. for Christmas this year? Well, I
0: guess. Um. So, regarding the Salvation Army, um, we we are helping a lot of people still, but it looks different. So, we're doing a lot of like, um, car. What, what was it? What would you call it? Drive-up services. So, like people dr- drive into our parking lot. And we'll meet them there with a bag of toys or a box of food or something like that. So I still want to make sure to meet the need, but do it in a way that's safe to all and keeps everyone healthy, I guess.
2: Awesome. Sounds good. Next question I have for you guys regarding Christmas. So besides the birth of Jesus, what else does this holiday mean to you guys? Hmm.
0: It's a good question. (laughs) Ah. I don't know. I think it just for me, it means appreciating the people around you. As much as I love getting gifts, I love giving them and just showing people that I love them and appreciate them and value them in my life. So um, I don't know. That's besides Jesus. That's probably what I enjoy and look forward to the most.
1: Yeah, I think um, just spending time together with no like no plans or whatever, just being able to just relax and enjoy time together and Maybe that means watching movies or eating food, whatever. But I just think just that quality time is important.
2: Awesome. I like that. All right. So Christmas is usually seen as a time when people set aside their differences and they're in a very cheerful mood. You know, obviously this year is a little bit different, but in general, how do you think society can carry that sentiment forward throughout the entire year?
0: That's a good question. (laughs) <laughs> is,
1: got some good <laughs> that is a good
0: question yep. <laughs> um i think i think probably looking around um and not even looking at strangers but look around the people close to you and see um how you could be of I guess of a blessing to them you know I, I think of all the times that during Christmas people will pay for your coffee in the line or pay for your meal and i just think like What would that look like if we just did that all year round? You know, we just continue to like look at our lives as I want to bless people throughout the year. I just think it would just be make the world a better place. You know?
2: Yeah, I like that. And what do you guys look forward to ahead in twenty twenty one? Do you have any like big events that are coming? Anything like that that you want to share? Hopefully, a baby.
0: Yes, (laughs)
1: that's what I was thinking. Hopefully, have a
2: baby for us. (laughs) Yeah, give me a nephew or a niece. That'd be cool. Yeah.
1: That's uh, that's the hope. But as far as our work goes, we have no idea what it's going to look like. So I'm not even sure what to look forward to there.
0: The hard part is looking. (laughs) We want to look forward to 2021. But now it's like just trying to get through month to month to make sure that we all stay healthy, that we are serving people. I don't know. And, you know, everything has changed so much this year that it's hard to even envision what 2021 will look like you know and i don't I don't even know what's the latest news on like a vaccine and when things will look normal i guess um so it's been hard to plan that i think just getting out of 2020 will be nice <laughs>
2: <laughs> right i feel you on that <laughs> do you guys have cats and dogs or just dogs
1: we one have cat, one, dog. yep, one cat one dog
2: okay so I want to hear each of you guys. Do you like cats or dogs better and
0: why? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like dogs um, just because they don't put uh, their butts in our faces, um, which cat our cat likes to do. He likes to crawl up on us and put his butt in our face, which I think is just gross, which seems like all cats. <laughs> I've had a couple of cats growing up. And that, that I just think that's disgusting. <laughs> I hear that. hear that. So I appreciate dogs more.
1: Oh, well, I am probably more of a cat person. Um, That just seems to be our family type of thing, uh, David. But yeah, I love cats. I've had a few now. I'm on. So Dakota is my fourth cat that I've had. And I I don't know. I just I think they're they're just nice and cuddly. I will say I love Ruger. I was not a dog person at all. I used to be scared of dogs. Um, I really did not want to get one, but Ruger is honestly the best dog we could have ever asked for. So he's kind of switched me a little bit, but I still love my cats.
2: <laughs> yeah, I always love seeing him on Facebook, so I can see why you say yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yes, he's a good pup.
2: Perfect. Well, that's all I've got. Did you guys want to say anything to our listeners before we depart here? I don't think so. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting us and giving us a chance to talk.
2: Yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast and hope you guys have a nice Christmas and take care.
1: Thanks. You too, David. All right. Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show and had fun while learning more from everyday people just like yourselves. To support us and help us spread these stories even further, please consider giving us a review or rating on whichever platform you're streaming from. There will be links in the description box just in case you can't find it. And for more news and all things everyday people, join our newsletter by going to our website. By joining, you'll also gain exclusive offers and discounts on Illuminating Mycelium merchandise and apparel from our store. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description and become the Mycelium.